So like, like, listen, like I was saying, Nathan, like, you know, if if Scott and Paul had fucking won, dude, our our phones would be ringing off like the hook. They'd be fucking stuff. They they'd be fucking all over. We wouldn't be able to shut them. And we would be fucking all over. Have to get on our knees and just be like, I'm sorry, we lost and stuff. He fucked what? He what? Big dog fucking did it. You know, Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy. Jimmy. Nathan. We're so funny, but we should do a fucking podcast, man. No, dude, like, I've watched this match back, like, 500 times, dude. It's, like, Wednesday or some shit. It is Wednesday, man. Like, the show was so long ago, but you know what? Podcast. We're so interesting, like, people would still listen to us. We should do a podcast. Let's do a fucking podcast, man. But we're doing a fucking podcast. Let's go. What we should do? We should do. One more drink. I mean, I'm I'm not stopping. Fuck, we would do fucking two two more drinks. Barkeeper, Roman, Reigns. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Rogue Opinions and our brand supremacy crossover spectacular with Scott and Paul's Rambling Podcast. Funny enough, not appearing tonight, Scott and Paul or their ramblings. Tonight, it's just me, your boy, Jimmy Baxter, and I'm here with Nathan Greenaway. Nathan, what up, baby? What up? Feeling good. We won. You know that, right? We, uh, we won. I heard. I heard. Yeah, yeah. I mean... I mean, we're you know, we're we're noticeably less drunk than we were in the intro, but uh, I'm still I'm still fucking feeling it, baby. I'm fucking uh, feeling it. Yeah, you know, you know, the party never stops. Now it doesn't stop until the next time we do this. No party like a Survivor Series party because a Survivor Series party don't stop. Anyway, so we're gonna talk about Survivor Series for the most part, um, but I figured, um, you know, since it's since it's been a little while uh, since we we were. Uh, doing a podcast together, uh, and it was a big sort of wrestling weekend, I figure, fuck it, let's talk a little bit about war games. Um, as I stall for time while I pull this up. <laughs> um, so, war games happened on Saturday night, um, early Sunday morn for you guys in the UK. Um, there was a lot of really fun stuff. Um, we had the first ever women's war games match, and... Uh, you know that's historic and shit. Uh, so let's talk about it. What did you think of the women's war game match? I really liked the women's war games match. Just just quickly because I did watch it. Um, Isaiah Swerve Scott, Isaiah Swerve Scott. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. Swerve, I know you're a big fan. And uh, Angel Garza. They had a great match on the kickoff. I thought. Yeah, uh, I mean, used to the Angel Garza thing at this point, where he like rips his gear off. It's just like, oh, cool. My my underwear is a different color. <laughs> but uh, I really, I really like Angel Gaza, and I've been made an effort. I've watched NXT week to week for the last three weeks. Ooh, look at you! I know, and I'm really into Angel Gaza. I like Swerve Scott as well. And uh, interesting, my my little brother is is a ginormous Swerve Scott fan. After watching a couple of his matches, 
So he wasn't too happy, but you know, fucking. I like yeah. Isaiah Swerve Scott. He's been he's been really uh, he's been really entertaining. Um, for the life of me, right now, I can't figure out who he was on the Indies. I can't remember. Um, Someone's but... shouting at shouting at us. If they shouted a little louder, we'd hear him. If they shouted a little louder, we still wouldn't hear them because uh, by the time they hear this, we will have been so far removed from this conversation. I'll be like, why are you screaming that name at me? Dude. <laughs> be like, what's a war games? What the fuck are you talking about? War games. Um, <laughs> but but uh, women's but women's yeah, Angel Garza got the got the win. Uh, in, a, in a good match. And then they did an angle afterwards. They carried on the that's it, Leo Rush story. I would think it might have only been on the dot dot com, but Leo Rush attacked him backstage keeping on that story that cheeky bastard i know it's so, so rude but women women's war games i thought it was good it was it was pretty controversial there were some big 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 moments in there uh team shana which uh shana baszler uh bianca belair io shirai and kaylee ray uh nxt uk women's champion who has the weirdest taunt in the world uh, like her thing that she does at the ramp where she just sways from side to side. And the only reason I say that is I've got a friend who does like a similar thing just when they're really drunk. And you yeah. see him across the room. They'll just do a really weird sway. And then well, it just reminds me of that. Here's our first, here's our first dig of the, of the podcast. She is Scottish, you know, so. Oh, she was probably just drunk. Then. She's probably just drunk, you know, because that's, 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 <laughs> that's a thing Scottish people are known for, right? God damn. And then um, Rhea Ripley, Dakota, no, not Dakota Kai, damn it, Tegan knocked Lady Kane, and two others. Um, yeah, um, it was Rhea Candace Ripley, LeRae. Candice LeRae, Tegan Knox, and Dakota Kai, but of course Dakota Kai turned heel. Um, no, it was meant to be Mia Yim. It was meant to be Mia Yim, but she got, like, they sort of glossed over it, that she got attacked or whatever, so they replaced her with Dakota Kai. Uh, Dakota Kai then, when it was her turn to enter, War Games! She uh, turned around and, like, beat the holy fuck out of Tegan Knox and turned heel. Um, so that was the thing that happened. Uh, you know, I, I having watched NXT for the last couple of weeks, it wasn't very surprising. I, mean, I figured that this was going to happen at some point. Yeah. I think the most, the biggest, this match, it was really good. And the main point of it was to get Rhea Ripley over, clearly. Uh, oh, Because sure. not, a, not a lot of people had many many kind of big spots they used some weapons in this one they brought a load of chairs in i think kaylee ray brought most of the chairs in if my memory serves me right and but the main point was rhea ripley now the contentious issue with this match and the main conversation point comes from the fact it was four on two mm -hmm. for a large portion of this match and then rhea ripley gets the win when Shayna baszler uh you try to use some handcuffs, kind of messes it up, and then pump handle slam onto the chairs. Rhea Ripley gets the win. Uh, a cool reversal because she reversed out of the out of the clutch with the handcuffs. And because she had the handcuffs on her from earlier when they tried to handcuff her to the ring post, um, and then with the Carafuda clutch on, she maneuvered out of it, and then Shayna switched arms at one point. Yeah. Uh, so that with the the handcuffs uh, then out, um, she was able to handcuff herself to Shayna, who was not a fan of that. Um, right. And then she kicked her in the chest a few times, picked her up and hit the riptide on her, which is that pump handle slam thing, um, onto the chairs. 
and then one, two, three, uh, Ripley and Candice LeRae won. Also, big shout out to Candice LeRae for looking fucking adorable in this match. She is just a simply adorable looking lady, and she got a big win on pay-per-view for the first time, and good good on them. Good on them. Uh, yeah, she she's great. We obviously know from the indies stuff that she's done that she's tough as nails, mm-hmm. and she could do these stuff. I thought she was great. I think Bianca Belair. This is where Bianca Belair. She had a stellar weekend. Um, yeah, I thought oh, she yeah. was she was class all weekend, and really showed that she belongs on this stage, if not a bigger stage. I thought Kaylee Ray didn't really get a lot to do. Uh, in the match i think the four on two issue i'm not really bothered by it because it sets up the future of nxt which is candice LeRae and definitely rhea ripley rhea ripley shana Baze is obviously going to be the next story so i don't get why a lot of stuff i've seen on the internet is people saying oh they just buried shana baszler by having to lose just two people and, and i think i i think that the my my main criticism from this is that i hope that come next november it's not just like all of a sudden, all these people are fighting each other. And so, you know, war games. Um, like, I would like war games to be something when it, like, when it matters. You know, so, like, hopefully, like, we get to a place where it's not just, oh, it's November, so somebody's going to get thrown into war games and whatever. But otherwise, this was really good. And, and you know, we I said it off air, and I've said it on air before, too. I'm not a huge fan of women's wrestling, but... Um, like and that's no disparaging thing against the athletes or whatever. I'm not going to keep defending myself, but um, if you have a problem with that, Ben underscore EBRT. Um, so you know you can just it, you could just look at this match and it was just objectively very very good. Everybody in it is very very good. Shayna Baszler is probably the best women's wrestler in the company. Uh, Bianca Belair is going to be a fucking star sooner rather than later. Io Shirai has really come into her own. Kaylee Ray did feel like an afterthought. Uh, but Candice LeRae and Rhea Ripley just, like, were phenomenal. So, uh, and that, that how could we forget, that moonsault off the top of the cage from Io Shirai, unbelievable. Yeah, I was just, just about to bring that up. It's, it's, it's just, it's nuts. So, that was really, really cool uh, as well with that spot. Yeah. Uh, I think the Dakota Kai heel turn, I look forward to where that, to where that goes. Uh, we haven't obviously watched this week's NXT uh, yet. So hopefully that goes somewhere good. And I can't wait to see, presumably we're going to get Rhea Ripley, Shayna Baszler next. So I can't wait. I can't wait for that match. I think that match is going to be awesome. But good start to War Games, which is not why we're here on this podcast, but we've talked about it for a long time. Yeah, so uh, quickly <laughs> quickly moving along. Uh, they had the triple threat, Pete Dunn, Damian Priest, and Killian Dane. Uh, the good was is that this match overall was very good, uh, but in the middle there were some down points. Um, I think they could have shaved some time off of this match and given it to Finn Balor versus Matt Riddle, which was also a very good match, but I feel like could have done with another maybe, you know, three, four, five minutes or whatever. And this match could have done with a few minutes less because at one point I was like, holy fuck, like these guys are just not giving like not giving any inch. Damian Priest like needs to remember to fucking sell sometimes because he was in there way too much after big, big moves um killian dane's a big bastard love him to pieces and the right guy won uh pete dunn was able to go up against adam cole and we were going to get to that match later on but overall this match was really good what did you think yeah i really enjoyed it i've come to really enjoy damian priest i had the the same 
the same issue as you just brought up, which is not something that, to me, I don't really like to talk about because I can't wrestle, so it's kind of hard to critique wrestling sometimes. But he does seem to just get up very, very quickly sometimes. But um, I really enjoy him. I love his, um, I don't they call it, but the big spin kick thing that he does. It looks so cool. Killian Dane's great. Pete Dunn was the, literally the only real winner of this match I could see. And um, he ended up coming off coming off winning it and i thought the finish was quite inventive yeah the finish was really cool uh with it looking like dane was going to get the win and then uh dunn comes from behind throws killian dane out of the ring which leaves us open for a one-on-one between killian dane and pete dunn which i'm all for um also i think the only person who didn't really gain or lose anything from this was damian priest uh killian dane get back into our consciousnesses conscious eye yeah um, definitely. because like he hasn't really done too much other than be big and wear a fucking like look like he's in a biker gang uh or whatever so, so it was good to see him actually doing some stuff and uh of course pete dunn got the victory yeah i think the good the best thing for damien priest that could have happened from this was what ended up happening which is that he was in t- team nxt and uh, he, so he got the Survivor Series thing of being on Survivor Series as well the next night. I don't think Dane needs that because I think Pete Dunne, Dane, is, is just, it's been the story anyway. I think Priest was just added to the triple threat. Uh, it sounds kind of mean, but just to take the fall. Because they still, because they, Pete Dunne, Killian Dane has been the story. Yeah, and then Priest, Priest attacked Dane three, four weeks ago or whatever. And then he's just sort of been on the back burner as like while the main thing was this thing with Dane. So I think that like they've done a good job at like transitioning away from Damien Priest and Pete Dunn so that Damien Priest is free to do something else and Dunn is able to move on to Dane. Yeah, definitely. But as we said, the the next after this Finn Balor's return to NXT, badass heel Finn Balor loves a spotlight these days. Uh, against and some finger guns don't get me wrong he loves those finger guns the the prince is back and he's got a lot more tattoos he's got the one on his arm here's a question just just quick question he says the prince is back Mm -hmm. velveteen dream basically is if prince got reincarnated as a wrestler Uh uh-huh are we gonna get a purple rain match that would be dope, uh, but I think uh, Balor is just referencing Prince Devitt, his uh, New Japan character. Oh, God, when you say it, it's so obvious. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, he, when he says the prince is back, he's more referencing, like, the Bullet Club Prince Devitt that oh, was around in New damn. Japan, and he's more badass. He's just like, look at me, I've got, like, I'm totally fucking shredded, and blah, 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 blah. But don't forget Matt Riddle is in there just going like, bro. Bro. Um, and as a replacement to uh, the Gargano match, which is what we all thought the match was going to be because Gargano went out with an injury, this being the first takeover that Gargano wasn't around for since 2016, I don't remember exactly which one, but they had mentioned it on commentary that this was the first takeover that Gargano had missed. That match would have been awesome as well, but this Matt Riddle and Finn Balor match was unfreaking believable. Really yeah. enjoyed it. It went uh, about 14 and a half minutes. Uh, Finn Balor obviously got the win. 
doesn't hurt Matt Riddle to take the loss, and it is the right call to have Finn Balor take the to get the win here. And it was a really hard fought battle, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. So, you know, again, this is why we don't do full takeover episodes because it's always going to end with no, it was fucking good. We liked it. You know, yeah, <laughs> like, it was great. It was fucking it was, great. It was really really good, and yeah, I I don't really have a ton to add. I mean, the only if we really want to nitpick the only real thing i can say is i never believed at any point matt Riddle was going to win no of course not yeah the same thing but, i think that this match could have done a little bit better with a few more minutes but i never once thought riddle was going to beat balor but for it was it was really cool i love the fact that uh, i'm sure he probably used it in japan i didn't watch the prince devitt run as i just proved because i confused him with the pop star prince uh but i love the fact he's using a new finisher the 1916. It looks, it looks lethal he, as hell. He, he was much, I think he killed Gargano. But. Yeah, that, that's how. That's the story of why Gargano is out because he gave him the 1916 on the uh, on the rampway and giving him an injury. Um, but it, he used this a couple of times in his original NXT run. But I, yeah, I do think it comes more from new japan because uh more people were using the stomp like he uses the stomp and the detonation drop kick into the corner but that's like shibata yeah like i did spot that the shibata turnbuckle drop kick that he that he did that always looks super cool yeah that when, hesitation when drop kick it, right, is so yeah cool. is so it's so great um, and, uh, but and then of course i mean the the f- final question i have on this match do you think this hill balor do we still see the demon at some point, or does it not work if it's heel Balor? I don't think it works as uh, for heel Balor just because yeah, I don't um, think it does either. When he first started doing this whole like wearing the tra- uh, wearing the, the leather jacket thing uh, when he was still NXT champion, I figured they were going to turn him heel back then. But this is his first real opportunity to be a heel, and if they bring him out as the demon, they know they're going to get a huge pop. Um, so, like, I think it'll be more impactful when he eventually turns face or when he needs to bring the demon out. And I feel like um, Triple H mentioned it on um, the WWE podcast after the bell um, yeah. where um, Triple H and Finn Balor had a conversation where it, the like WWE main roster in quotation marks uh, is the Marvel movie of sports entertainment. But. Going to NXT is more of like going Broadway. back to Broadway to yeah. do it, to like where you can really explore your art and whatnot. Um, so yeah, I th- that really shows with people like Balor and uh, people like Champa, people who are really able to like explore their characters a little bit more. Um, and yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, I have really the only criticism I have is that I just wanted more of this match. I wanted this match yeah. to go even 10 minutes longer. I, I loved this match. I thought it was really great, but I'm spoiled because we've seen Finn Balor wrestle longer matches. We've seen Matt Riddle wrestle these insanely long, um, indie matches before he came to WWE. So of course, you know, one would want to see that match go a lot longer because there's a lot more fresh matchups in NXT for Finn Balor. Definitely. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I completely agree on the, on the demon point. Just a final thing before we get to the men's war games. I don't think he needs it, and I think unless he, unless they tell the right story, I don't think he ever needs the demon again. If he stays in NXT and WWE, um, I don't, 
I don't think he ever needs it again. From what he was saying, because remember on that after the Bell interview, Corey Graves even asked him about the Bullet Club and said about, are we ever going to see you align yourselves with Gallows, Anderson, Styles, or I guess Cole in a way as well? And Finn Balor was basically saying that he didn't want to go back to what he already knew. He wanted to do something new. So he effectively said that he wouldn't mind if they never did it because he's done it before. Oh, that's cool. And he wanted to do new things. And that was in the, which was quite interesting because it was a WWE podcast, but Corey Graves asked him outright. And he even said Bullet Club. (laughs) Yeah, the Corey Graves podcast is interesting, especially after we're not really going to get into it on this podcast. We've talked about that we're not going to get into it. But uh, especially with what happened after. We keep saying that and then we jump straight into it. (laughs) Well, no, 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 no. I mean, especially after what happened this weekend, um, the Corey Graves podcast is going to be very interesting. Um, But it has been very interesting because he's used words like AEW. Uh, Kenny Omega, um, you know, I mean, there's just been, there's been a lot of different things where he's sort of, he's towing the line. It's very heavily edited. Like if you are into audio at all, like you can sort of hear where there are cuts cuts. and stuff, but we're going to move away from that. And we're going to talk about the men's war games match uh, where it was team Champa, Tommaso Champa, Keith Lee, Dominic Dijakovic, and nobody. Don't say it. Don't say it. (laughs) <laughs> uh, up against the Undisputed Era, Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, and Roderick Strong. Um, this match went about 40 minutes. Uh, according to other podcasts, it went over an hour. They're fucking wrong. Um, <laughs> they've got weird watches, haven't they? Yeah, they, they've got weird watches and just don't like... Some people don't like War Games matches, and they're fucking wrong. This match was really entertaining. Um, Tomasha Champa, I mean, it's good to see him back again. I mean... Yeah, it's just good to see him back. Dominic Di- Dominic Dijakovic is like a star on the rise, but nobody, nobody, I say, is better from this weekend than Keith Lee. I think the only other star that's been made this month is Adam Cole, but this weekend, just these the last 42 hours of WWE TV made Keith Lee so, yeah. like, it just in our minds, like feast and uh, not feast your eyes, bask in, <laughs> bask in the glory. Cause I was going to make a Dominic Dijakovic joke at one point, but yeah, but bask <laughs> in the glory of Keith Lee because finally, finally Fantastic. over the last couple of weeks, Keith Lee has fucking arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Keith Lee. Keith Lee wrestled for a promotion. I work for currently. Um, and if you go to the Pro Wrestling Magic YouTube page, there is a match uh, with him versus JT Dunn. And that's the Keith Lee we're getting right now. We're getting limitless, feast your eyes, Keith, uh, feast your eyes, fuck, uh, the Baskin in his glory, Keith Lee. And it's fucking great that we're finally getting that. Um, it's just this match was awesome. I mean, I don't know what else to say. The match ends with uh, the air raid drop off the top of the cage through two tables and then a like hard pan um like a hard pan into uh brit baker um which apparently <laughs> they it's good god triple h They've was, never done that before i don't know why you, she was there and the director didn't know yeah. like you aren't in the fucking gorilla position going like cut to that person no, go to that not. person stay on there or whatever they mentioned it on fucking commentary the don't, only thing they, the only thing i'll say to, to, to jump in quickly this is not the first time Britt Baker's been shown at a takeover. No, yeah, and it probably won't be the fucking last as no, long as... No, it won't, it won't be. She's, she's been shown before, 
And um, I'm not the fan. I, I don't believe for a second that Triple H. Well, he said the director didn't know who she was. I don't know who the director was. Presumably it wasn't Kevin Dunn because he does. Well, I doubt it was Kevin Dunn. No, but, um, I don't think it's Kevin Dunn either, but like. The director from WWE doesn't know the main woman star from your direct competition. Please. She can't even get on TV. To quote quote Randy Orton from a Monday Night Raw, I'm just doing the wank motion. (laughs) Oh, my. No, let's let's not get into not, not get into that when we talk about war games, but that was fantastic. This match was fantastic. It was awesome. The reveal. Have we even said Kevin Owens yet? No, we have not said Kevin it Owens was, yet. It was Kevin Owens. And they did this beautiful moment. Kevin Owens wasn't in the cage at the beginning, if you've not watched it, which if you've not watched it, I don't actually know why you're listening. And um, and then when they did the moment where they did the countdown from 10 and they showed the ramp and then they cut away and it was the Undisputed Era saying no one. But then they waited even longer. And sometimes in... WWE particularly, you get a bit of like, oh, no one's coming, and then the music immediately comes. But they then waited even longer. So there was that second after me being like, who is it? Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? And then I was like, oh, shit. There was that split second where I was like, it's actually fucking no one. But yeah. they've just trolled us. And then his music hit. They, 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 have- learned, they learned a lot from when Walter premiered on NXT where like the crowd was just starting to turn. Like they figured out some sort of like, like metric, I'm guessing some sort of length of time where they could like fuck with the crowd for long enough to where they're like, Oh, this is just some WWE shit. Fucking these motherfuckers. God damn. And then (laughs) boom, the Kevin Owens music hits. He's got the NXT Tron. He's got the NXT shirt on. He's fucking all pumped up, all full on Kevin Owens, NXT Kevin Owens. He comes out and just wrecks house. He tried to do the package pile driver at one point. He that took a Panama great. Sunrise. He did the um, the cradle Oshigurushi onto the knee um, thing that uh, the like the brain buster, but like onto the knee yeah. thing that he does. Um, just in case somebody doesn't know what an Oshigurushi is. Um, uh, but he did, it's like, it's a, it's an Oshigurushi with uh, the fisherman. It's like a fisherman Oshigurushi. Yeah. But we're, we're all marks, you know. The interesting part was he did all the NXT stuff. He had all the NXT Tron. He still hit the stunner. Of course he fucking did. And the way, yeah, and the way Adam Cole sold the stunner, like you have the rock cell, which is really over the top doing, almost doing a cartwheel. And you have the Vince McMahon cell, which is dropping like a sack of shit. And then you have the Adam Cole cell, which is getting hit with it. And then locking up <laughs> like you've just been instantly frozen. And was, it him? Dropping. was it him or O'Reilly? No, it was Adam Cole. Okay, because I remember they O'Reilly had a spot. Where, um, did he O'Reilly, hit? O'Reilly had a spot with Dominic Dijakovic where he was getting punched and oh, he yeah, went to the top rope. He got punched, ropes. went to the bottom, the second rope, got back up, got hit. Went to the bottom rope, got hit, and then landed like a sack of shit on the metal part in between the rings. Kyle O'Reilly is the MVP. I love him to pieces. But yeah, that was TakeOver in a nutshell. It was great. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. But first, first, listen to us talk about Survivor Series, which we're going to do now. Survivor Series 2019 came from Chicago, Illinois. Notice how I knew that right off the top of my head. Um, 
Survivor Series 2019 came from Chicago, Illinois, or Illinois, if you don't know. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, I mean, overall, decent show. And they had a lot of shit going on because it's one of the big four. So, of course, there was the two-hour fucking pre-show, and we had to see Sam Roberts. Blah, 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 blah. Um, but there were some matches. Um, I did not watch all of these matches. So, Nathan, I'm going to defer to you. What happened? Okay, so there was a pre-show. Uh, JBL now sweeps back his hair with a lot of gel. Uh, Sam Roberts. Because he's going bald! Pretty much. Sam Roberts was there. There was tag team battle royal. He's also going bald! <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Sorry. There was a tag team battle royal. Rude and Ziggler won. Uh, the Cruiserweights happened. Leo Rush won. There was a three-way tag match that everyone was super excited for. Then they put it on the pre-show. It was actually pretty good. It wasn't uh, bad. I liked some of it, but of course they had to give it to the Viking Annoyance um, yeah. or whatever. And then, I, I mean, it makes sense uh, if I put my personal feelings aside for a split second. Don't worry. They'll be right back. They're just grabbing a drink. Um, <laughs> it, it makes a lot of sense that the Undisputed Era would take the pinfall here, especially from the bigger guys, the Viking Annoyance, which is what I call them. Deal with it. If you don't like it, at yeah. me, you know. And we're, we're and we're a day removed from war games. So they were it, just they were just in war sense. games, yeah. Um, but I'm uh, the Vi the the Viking Raiders and uh, the Undisputed Era and the New Day all put up a really uh interesting sort of fight against one another it did seem a little disjointed uh at points but overall the main points the main spots of the match were really good and of course the viking annoyance hit the viking annoyance to win um and that was that that was the one that is the one win that raw has the entire evening pretty yeah literally uh biggie and ivar had some cool spots but oh yeah it was it was fine and that that was that was the pre-show. That's pretty much. I know you didn't watch it other than tag match, but that was pretty much all that happened. I mean, Kalisto had a cool spot where Akira Tozawa hit his snap German, and then Kalisto ran in to kind of steal the pin. But you kind of knew Leo Rush was going to win because they shot that angle the night before on NXT, and it was just, it was a pre-show. That was it, and it was you know. The pre-show gone. Pre-show oh. gone. Pre-show. Yeah, uh, the pre-show was. You know when you really want, you don't want to go to the shop, but you really want some crisps or some chips, as you call them, uh, but you've only got a flavor that you don't like. Uh huh. That's it. That was this pre-show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the, that's normally like it's the when you want some cool ranch Doritos, but all they have is nacho cheese. Like Ugh, that's the right, worst. Right, you guys. I heard you guys have a different like Dorito over there that we don't have. That's like also in a red bag. Yeah, it's hot chili. Oh, okay. I can't eat spicy food, so never mind. Moving on. Um, the women's a five on five on five on five on five on five on five Survivor Series match. Uh, Team NXT, which was Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair, Candice LeRae, Io Shirai, and Tony Storm from NXT UK versus Team Raw, Charlotte Flair, Woo, Natalia, Asuka, <laughs> Missed, Kyrie Sane, also Missed, and Sarah Logan, Viking Stuff, Raw, um, and versus Team SmackDown, Boss Time, Sasha Banks, 
I'm not going to do this for everybody. Carmella, Dana Boobs, and Lacey Evans and Nikki Cross. Um, I watched the beginning portion of this match and was told to skip it because much like the WNBA, fundamentals don't get me to watch the match. Um, so other than your... <laughs> Other than your, it's why people don't respect it, dude. It's just, you ever hear of the New York Liberty? Neither have I. Um, so, uh, get 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 your Lacey Evans love out of the way, and then tell us what happened in this match. Well, Lacey Evans pinned Charlotte, and that was it. I don't really remember being in the match other than that. It's really there was a lot of people. Uh, they did the angle where Io Shirai and Candice LeRae had to go out with the match because they were super hurt from War Games the night before. Every time I see Carmella, I just realize how super rare it is in life to see someone who can genuinely moonwalk. Right? But that's like, no, that's not something you really fantastic. Yeah. Sarah Logan, I didn't even realize, was... I think I messaged um, our group chat, like, just saying it took me a genuine about 20 seconds of real time to realize who that was. Because <laughs> like, I don't remember the last time we see it. I thought Bianca Belair was super She's... well booked in this match. Like, she was look, made to look a star. She was going one-on-one with Charlotte Flair. And she was just awesome the entire time. She even pinned uh, Nikki Cross. Uh, I think she pinned Sarah Logan as well. Nikki. 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 <laughs> and, uh, yeah, there were, Tony Storm was also made to look pretty strong. She only got eliminated because of a sharpshooter and bank statement combination. But, I mean, this match was great. There was so much going on that a lot of it I can't super remember a few days removed, just off the top of my head. But I do remember Thasha Banks. It came down to Thasha Banks and Rhea Ripley. But then Io Shirai and Candice Array came back out. Io hit a big uh, slingshot drop kick, and then Rhea got the got the pin for for NXT. And I thought this was pretty good. I remember having a good amount of fun with it. Uh, Asuka walked out of the match after misting Charlotte. And that's how Lacey got the pin. And I really like the fact that the teams are all wearing their colours, apart from Raw, who didn't bother. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> You know, like I said, WNBA. Um, next up is the 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 Thunderdome match between all the mid-card champions. Roderick Strong of the Undisputed Era versus AJ Styles of the OC and Shinsuke Nakamura of Shinsuke Nakamura and his boy toy, Sami Zayn, uh, with the new the brand new Intercontinental title. Um, so before we talk about the match, I want to get your opinion on the brand new design of the WWE Intercontinental Championship. Oh, um, let me just put my let me just put my internet smart hat on. Would you mind if I just did that quickly? Uh, like like you haven't had it on the rest of this time? <sighs> okay, it's on now. Uh, they're, 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 they're actually only doing it, Jimmy, because uh, Cody Rhodes brought back the white straps into the time. Oh, that fucking... So they're actually... Mom, I'm busy doing a podcast. Uh, they're Mom, really bringing it back. The fucking meatloaf. They're really doing because Cody brought back the white one, and they don't like Cody, and uh, so that's why they got rid. They're doing a new design. New design looks shit. Uh, yeah. Let me just take that off. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it looks real cool. I, I like cool. it. Yeah, I, I like it. I think it. 
I think it looks more in line with the way the rest of their titles look, which is yeah. good. It looks like a little bit of a cross between the North American Championship and the Women's Tag Team Championship a little bit. So I think that it just it falls more in line with the I love a black strap too. Like if you put a black strap on a belt, I think it just looks better. The black and gold just works. Um I like it. Yeah, I I, I think it's a cool redesign. I think it, it says a new they've been they there's been rumors of redesigns for everything since for for months now. I think it makes sense now that they're on Fox uh to have their own to, to revamp it. It's been, what, eight years of the white strap one? They Why not do need, a They didn't need to revamp it, but let's be honest here, ladies and gentlemen, it could have been, and usually is, so much fucking worse. Yeah, this is true. So, I like it, and why, I like it, and why not? Who, who cares? Like, I think the, the biggest argument, like, people, the genuine argument has been, the Cody Rhodes thing, if they were that bothered about things like that, Miz would have beaten Shinsuke for the IC title when he had his title match months ago, because that would have tied him with Jericho. Yeah. Like, yeah they, exactly. ha- they, they, they haven't done that. Um, maybe the, maybe they are that petty, but otherwise, who gives a shit? I think it's what it comes down to is who gives a shit. If you had to rate the new <laughs> title... What would you rate it? Because I have a funny rating in mind, and I just want to see if maybe you have a funny one as well. Oh, God. Put me on the stuff. Uh, chocolate fondue. Okay. it looks nice, and I like it. I'm going to rate the Intercontinental title, my opinion of Justice League, the movie, that a middling response is far better than pretty much every other thing that you could have hoped for, <laughs> uh, which, which was across the board. Release the Snyder Cut of the Intercontinental title. Um, no, no. It's going to be super long, and it will all be in slow motion. It'll all be in slow motion. There'll <laughs> be a lot of, like, lens flare, and there will also be uh, a lot of, like, mustachioed uh, Henry Cavill. Um, so, <laughs> actually, there that wouldn't be, because that was all that was yeah. all Joss Whedon. That was, all that was my favorite thing, is if you watch Justice League, and you could just play a game of trying to see... Was it the Uncanny Valley? And just see his mustache because he was doing he was doing Mission Impossible Six at the same fucking time. <laughs> the reshoots. The the story of when I went to see Justice League and how the more the most intriguing part of the movie was the fight that almost broke out in the movie theater right in front of me and my friends when we went to see it. You know, let's finish reviewing this match and then we will get to that story. But so AJ Styles strong, strong gets the win, and so we were in this movie theater. And- <laughs> Um, the, like, we get to the part where if you haven't seen Justice League, you're not really missing much, but Lois and, uh, Clark are in the cornfield of the farm. They're having that little talk. Some guy was like on his phone, but like the sound wasn't on or anything. It was just, he had answered his phone briefly to like, be like, yo, I'm in the movie. I gotta go or whatever. And some dude who was like with his children and his wife just turned his head over and he was just like yo get the fuck off your phone to the guy and the guy was not having it so they like jawed off against each other for like what felt like 20 minutes and they never actually fought one another and they gave us free tickets to like seven or eight like everybody got three free tickets to movies for like 
the next like three times you came to the movie. So I saw like a whole bunch of movies for free. And that was way more entertaining than Justice League ever was. Um, great match. And it was a great match. It was a great yeah. match. You know, I, I actually had a similar thing. When I went to see whichever, which Mission Impossible had Tom Cruise strapped to a plane? Was that five? Uh, Probably. They, they... I think it was five. It wasn't the one with Henry Cavill. So it no, it was... Well, because, like, the last two sort of blend together for me because I watched them at home, like, at the same time. And they're kind of the same movie to a certain extent. It's like, oh, the Russians have a nuke. Um, but, yeah, I think that was the fifth movie. Yeah, well, there was this guy. Yeah, there's there's this guy behind us who was just moaning that he didn't like the film, like, but really obnoxiously loudly. Like he was just going, "Oh, this scene is so shit!" Like, "Oh my god, I'm so bored." So I just turned around to turned around to him and said, "Can you just be quiet? Because I'm enjoying the movie." And then this other guy from across the theater just went, "Yeah." <laughs> 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 then you feel all jazzed up. You're all gassed up. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I'm fucking right. Yeah, you fucking cunt. Shut your mouth. Yeah. I'm going to keep going because I'm getting a good response. <laughs> yeah, shut your mouth, you fucking yeah. bitch. I'm this guy baby fucking knows. Like, yeah, this guy knows <laughs> what I'm talking about. Um, Roderick Strong won after, was it, a, a phenomenal forearm and then Roddy threw him out, threw AJ out the ring and pinned Nakamura. It was the perfect... Uh, like, and it was a perfect finish to this match because this is exactly how Roddy would win this match as a member of the Undisputed Era. It fit his character, and he waited for his moment. I, I may be misremembering this, but you could almost see Roderick Strong like poking his head up after he was thrown out of the ring. So he was scouting this, like he saw what was going to happen. He saw that AJ, who has beaten Shinsuke Nakamura, like. 9,000 times. He knew that the phenomenal forearm was coming, and then he would throw... Isn't this how he won the triple threat with Dominic Dijakovic? I was literally about to to say that. He won that match because Keith Lee hit the spirit bomb off the top rope on Dominic, and then Roddy ran in and hit... um, It's not a shining wizard. It's... Do you remember MVP's, like, kick finisher? It's It's like a... penalty kick almost right yeah but he leaps and then kicks him in the head basically yeah um, yeah, yeah i can't remember what that's called and he hit that on keith lee and got the pin but yeah it's that's exactly what i thought of is that Ooh. that's how he won that match another another qu- just quickly just to go back to the the uh, wnba uh the wnba <laughs> survivor series match um the finish to rhea ripley versus sasha banks versus charlotte flair on smackdown the week prior the friday prior to this show oh my god yeah that was, was so amazing good. That if you was haven't so seen it great. if you haven't seen it please go back and watch it rear ripley yeah we know rolls... don't, don't, don't spoil it don't, okay it's, it's phenomenal it's phenomenal they've gotten a lot of their finishes really really well like they've executed their finishes like phenomenally lately really? on certain matches and it's been fantastic so moving came back up on. With that, it's freaking genius yeah like, this match this amazing. match went almost 17 minutes and uh this was this was primed to be my match of the night so far until we got to adam cole versus pete dunn well let's not get there because this is a long time coming jimmy and we need to share this moment together so we're going to figuratively hold hands at this point i was just going to fucking say let's hold hands are we interlocking fingers or are we uh yeah 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 yeah. okay okay so it's it's raining and I'm looking you dead in the eyes, Jimmy, because it's it's just been so it's been so long coming. But 
we go backstage to Daniel Bryan and he's doing some Daniel Bryan stuff and uh, he's probably composting something. Yeah, probably. In, in walks. It's five. It walks the miss! Oh, yeah! <laughs> you finally First get to time. talk about your boy. On the Rogue Opinions, I get to talk about the Miz. <laughs> In the... What was it? We've been doing these these reviews uh, for, what, a year? At the... Almost? No. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're not far off a year, probably. Yeah, but, I mean, the better part we of the year... Here. And we've never... Other than WrestleMania... I've never seen The Miz. <laughs> like, I never get to see him. <laughs> yeah, it, it was great there to see him. He was in this suit. Oh, so good. And then, and then of course, Daniel Bryan had the uh, leave me alone. And Miz was great. He was just looking dapper. Just, he had the fresh cut going on. He had his beard on point. He was just there. And he was in a sharp suit. He was just trying to rally Daniel Bryan a little bit. And... It was just great. It was great. It was great. It was great storyline stuff because uh, ultimately where when we get to The Fiend v. Brian, it gives somewhere for Brian to go after what happens with The Fiend later on. But uh, The Miz is great. The Miz is not throbbing. No. He no he's, is, he's too classy for that. He's dapper. He's dapper. He is a dapper boy. Uh, at this point, Jimmy, would you like to get a sarcastic laugh ready for me and just um, just tell me when it's ready and loaded? Uh, okay, go ahead. Mauro Ranallo missed his show because he blew out his voice. <laughs> yeah. NXT Championship time. <laughs> Adam Cole... Defending Bay the Bay. NXT Championship. Oh, thank you. Adam Cole. Maybe. Defends the. Uh, <laughs> beautifully timed. Uh, <laughs> defends the NXT Championship against the winner of the Triple Threat Number One Contenders match from the night before, Pete Dunne. Uh, in easily, easily match of the night, if not match of the goddamn weekend, these guys went out there and put on a takeover level match in under 15 minutes. They were fantastic my main gripe about this and i need to can i have the floor can i have, have the fucking floor have okay floor. spotlight please ladies and gentlemen when you have two members of the undisputed era making their singles pay-per-view debut on the main roster what you don't do is cut away or interrupt the very well-timed entrance that they have it happened in the previous match with Roderick strong where they cut off his music literally half a second before the boom portion which is like the whole crux of Roderick strong's entrance and then in this match which is far and away the biggest sin in all of professional wrestling in the year 2019 the year of our lord 2019 they cut away from Adam Cole, Bebe, the whole crowd doing it, the big, awesome crowd shot that they always get, and especially in a, in a crowd like Chicago, for a fucking War Games recap. You, you, you're telling me you couldn't have done that at any other fucking point? You're telling me you couldn't have given him the fucking, oh, where he's got his hands up? I know 
you guys at home listening to this, you can fucking see what I'm talking about. The oh, Adam Cole, baby. You couldn't have done that just once for our boy. You couldn't have done it. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. The rest of this match was fucking fantastic. But don't cut away from the Undisputed Era's entrances. God damn it. Yeah. Yeah, Kevin, if you're listening. No, I, I think it's impossible. Fucking for hack. Hear, it's impossible for him to hear over his teeth. <laughs> As you said, outside of the sin from the entrance, this match was spectacular. It was NXT level. It was takeover level. And there was some beautiful stuff in here. They let Pete Dunne kick out the last shot. Uh, they had Cole kick out of a uh, called bitter ending, bittersweet ending. Whatever the, it's the bitter end. The bitter end. Bitter end. That's it. Uh, they had at the the Panama sunrise on the fucking apron was bonkers. Oh We've seen that. If God. you're a fan of indie wrestling, you've seen that done a hundred million times. And Adam Cole has done that in PWG a bunch. But in front of this crowd on this stage, in front of this many millions of people, I'm sorry, millions. And millions. And millions. Thank you. <laughs> of people who are watching the show around the world to see that spot done. Any pile drivers on the main roster, I'm just sort of like, mm, fuck yeah, keep doing it. Um, it was, I mean, and then the Panama Sunrise out of the bitter oh, end, that yeah. reversal into the, oh Jeez. my fucking God. You want to talk about one of the biggest pops I had alone in my room standing up mere inches from my television that happened i threw my hands over my mouth and screamed like a girl in a bathroom at a high school who'd seen a spider crawl across the floor i know that's super specific but i'm telling you it happens <laughs> just fucking just <laughs> like crazy i freaked out that, was that, so that happened amazing this we match were, was fucking fantastic we were messaging at this point Pretty much every second, because we still hadn't beaten Scott and Paul's rambling podcast uh, yet. But when he got the fingers and then went for the uh, bitter ending again, well, I think I messaged you like, "Holy shit, he's got to win!" Because I was gonna, and then he hit the Panama Sunrise, and then the last shot through Adam Cole retained. But there was that second that I actually thought Pete Dunne was about to win when he and had it was, him it was up, beautiful. It was up beautiful. until up until Adam Cole's knees clutched around the ears of Pete Dunne, I was convinced for that, like, quarter of a second, Pete Dunne's going to win the NXT title. Holy fuck. Oh, this is going to yeah. be huge. And then Panama Sunrise, and I went, no fucking, oh my fucking, oh my god! Like, fucking freaking out. Match was awesome. Match of the weekend. The more Seriously. I talk about it, the more I love it. Amazing. Brilliant. It was, it was nachos. It was perfectly prepared nachos with some pulled pork. Barbecue Ooh, sauce. That fucking great. Bit, a little bit of sour sort of size and guacamole. Beautiful, beautiful nachos. That's what this match was. I, I can't disagree. I cannot. Or you ever have like hungover the next morning, like a stack of pancakes and some fucking like we don't really have bacon. Yeah, we don't really have pancakes or Canadian bacon here, my friend. Shut the dude. Are you st you're still coming in February? Yeah, I am still coming in February. Yeah, man. then we're going to IHOP, dog. We're going to get drunk. Oh. We're going to get drunk. And then we're going to IHOP. Oh, my God. Look forward to that podcast. Breakfast fucking sampler, baby. All day. My boys, my boys, my girls, my homies and homets in, in, the, in the States, you know what I'm talking about. IHOP breakfast sampler, 1050 for just fucking 
banger. Uh, banger hungover food. My, my British boys, you know what I'm talking about. You go Weatherspoons, you're hungover. You get you get your coffee, you get your, your you get your big breakfast, you get your sausages, you get your bacon, you get your egg, you get your beans, you get your mushrooms, you get your toast, you get your eggs, you get it fucking yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, like a, pro- a proper British breakfast, proper, right? You're, you're five ninety nine, man. And I'll tell you what it's not. Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, and I'll tell you what it's not. It's not bathed in fucking red light. (laughs) Love that transition, my friend. God damn. Oh, God. I don't even want to rant about it, but I feel like I have to because people. You have the floor, sir. I can't see it. Intro- I can't see it. And I messaged you, unless I've got my reading glasses on, I can't see the fucking match. And I know it's my fault for being born with eyes that can he see the red lighting properly. But unless I put my glasses on at fucking 2.15 in the morning, I can't see the fucking match. Do you know what? I saw this meme on online, so I'm not just uh, making this up. I'm not. I'm not this clever, ladies and gentlemen. But do you know what Roxanne and Fiend matches have in common? Both a bit shit. You don't have to put on the red light, <laughs> Roxanne. No. Uh, I can I, I love the Fiend. I think he's brilliant. I think what Bray Bray White is a creative genius for what he's done with the Fiend. I'm not taking away from how much I love the character and he's scary. He's brilliant. I can't wait to see what he does next after this. Just think even we, we talk about the WWE podcast. This is on a WWE podcast. Corey Graves himself says, get rid of the red lighting. I could not agree more. I don't have, I'm not blessed with great eyesight. I'm literally wearing glasses now so that I can look at the screen to remind me. And I, I can't really see red unless I put glasses on. I can't see ma- his matches. Mm-hmm. And it's a real, it's a proper issue that I have to, when I'm sat on my sofa at two in the morning, because I've stayed up UK time to watch a pay-per-view, that I need to get up and remember where my reading glasses are so that I can watch a fucking match. And I, 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 I just don't, I don't know if I'm being, I just don't think I should have to do that. <laughs> like, it's really, it, I hate to be those people these days, like, oh, it's not very inclusive. It's, I don't really, it's just fucking annoying <laughs> like, that I have to do that. Outside of that, uh, I like the way the Fiend wrestles. He wrestles like how I imagine the Fiend would as a character. It's never going to be a five-star classic. That's not what he's a character wrestler. He's a spectacle, and I thought Daniel Bryan did had a good match against him. Ultimately, we all knew the Fiend was going to win. I loved the fact that the Fiend was calling for Daniel Bryan to do the Yes chant. He was coaxing him into doing it again. He was even screaming at him during the match, "Remember me!" And then in the end, Daniel Bryan actually did the Yes chant as he went for the running knee. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a beautiful moment of storytelling. And I think it was the right choice. Does the Fiend carry on? Just please, please get rid of the red light. That's... Partially 
partially because I don't want this whole podcast to just be like us agreeing with one another. But I, I do have to disagree with you on the yes chance thing. I think that that portion of the storytelling could have better been served in a match where uh, I, I discussed this with you uh, when we were texting each other. Yeah. Uh, uh, that like it's hard to watch even like a rest hold in a wrestling match when it's the whole match is bathed in red light. I yeah. get the idea behind it, but we've had a couple matches with it. Enough people are like, dude, fuck off with this shit. So like it like there were what? three rest holds in this match, maybe like there weren't very many rest holds, but that's because like with the red light on, you have to sort of go full fast and furious with this. And I'm not talking about like the, the phrase, the colloquial uh, phrase fast and furious. I'm talking about the movies fast and furious where like it's bonkers the whole time. I'm talking, you have to go bonkers the whole time when you're under this red light, because like you go to do a rest hold, the whole crowd is just like boring. You know, I think and... like I don't know I don't know how many people this is something that maybe I should know, but I just don't know how many people are the same as me where they find this red lighting so hard to look at. Like it sounds like maybe I'm exaggerating, but I remember I literally messaged you and I think like when they turned the red lighting on, I was like, Shit, can you and I think I messaged you, I said, Can you tell me what I missed? Because I'm gonna have to go find my glasses. Like I can't I can't watch these matches without them on. I just think, just, I don't get the point of it. Why is it red? What? No, not why is it, why have it? It's like when Sin Cara debuted and they bathed him in that gold lighting for a bit. But the difference, the difference with Sin Cara was, the difference with Sin Cara was, is that when the new Sin Cara came in and it was a blue light. But what, what they did with Sin Cara was, is when he re-premiered, and it was, I think it was Hunico was, that's when Hunico started as Sin Cara was because I guess they yeah. were trying to cover up the fact that he now had a tattoo. Um, <laughs> but like they did that from the time he premiered. The first Fiend match was in regular lighting. Yeah. So like why the fuck all of a sudden is there a red light? There's never been a, a discussion about why that happened. The red light just sort of stays. Um and it just it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense to and don't get me wrong, I love the fiend Bray Wyatt. I love Daniel Bryan. I love this match. This match was pretty good, but overall, if they weren't diving out of the ring over the top rope or going through a fucking table or hitting each other with something like big or flashy or whatever, this match was fucking boring because of the lighting. Like and lighting is important in these matches, ladies and gentlemen. As a person who is a as I straighten my tie out, current YouTube star and stuff and have to do filming constantly. Lighting is a big fucking deal. It's a big fucking yeah. deal. No, I think, like, I like the fact that they've tried it. I will say that to cover mm-hmm. those points. It's always good to try new things. Even if mm-hmm. they go wrong, you learn from your mistake. You learn from your mistakes. Whether this is a mistake for most people, I don't know. Um, I've seen minority of people on Twitter say they don't like it. That doesn't mean that everyone doesn't like it. But, um, but yeah, you said about the yes chant and how we disagree on that. Like, I like the fact that he tried the yes chant to try and beat the fiend. Like, uh, what, what did you think against that? I honestly think that this could have been saved for the mismatch that we've been wanting since he came back. Like 
you could you could have him not do it, not do it, not do it, not do it, not even do it against the fiend, and then the Miz could just be like, "Look at you! You've turned your back on everything that you believed in because you want to be so fucking different." Blah 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 blah. That work shoot thing that the Miz is so fucking good at, and in their match, Miz could taunt him with it the whole time, go full on proper heel Miz, and then you can do a double turn, put Miz back to heel. Brian back to face by him accepting the fans because he's done such a great job of not of not uh, going with the fans when the fans have been doing the yes chant. He'll go halfway up maybe. The fingers don't exactly come up. He'll go like halfway up and then he's like, no, fuck you fans. Like I'm turning my back on you, blah, 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 blah. But like I feel like that could have been a more inventive sort of story where if you get to that Miz and Brian match, which they definitely could do leading into TLC at this point, especially with them being at odds and Brian not doing, I think that's the linchpin of this whole thing. Brian does not do the yes chant until he's up against the guy who's been a thorn in his side for the last almost four years. The story between Miz and Brian, they could have done so perfectly, so many times. But instead, they waste moments like Daniel Bryan finally re-accepting the yes chant to now we have to listen to some stupid fucking promo from him on Friday about how I did it because this man was a monster and da-da-da-da-da. Like, I don't need any of that shit. Just do it when it's actually necessary. It wasn't necessary to me, at least, IMO, for you people on the internet. In my humble opinion... It was not necessary in this Fiend match. He should have tried his damnedest, done everything that he should have been, do one last gasp as the Planet's champion or whatever, that version of the Daniel Bryan character, and then he does not accept the yes chance until he's in there with somebody who's taunting him with it, The Miz. You do a classic double turn. It could have been the best double turn since Austin and Brett in 1998 or 1997 or whatever it was, and... I don't know. I think it was a missed opportunity, and I think it was wasted on a match that was literally a throwaway match for The Fiend because at no point, like you were saying, um, I think it was during the War Games portion of this review, that there was no point, that like at no point did I think Daniel Bryan was going to win this match, ever. Yeah. I mean, the the last point I do agree, I don't think, I never thought Daniel Bryan was going to win this match, but the reason I think it works is because Daniel Bryan's up against The Fiend. You're, like, why is that argument from Royal Rumble where people are like, why would Finn Balor not bring the demon out to face Brock Lesnar? Why would Daniel Bryan not try the yes chant against The Fiend? He's done the yes kicks at this point. He's done every move in this monster, as you say, has got up every time. It makes no sense in a title match for him to not throw everything. And I think, depending what happens on Friday, it's all about the follow-up. If The Miz uses the fact that he tried the yes chant and he did the yes chant against Brian, I think the story still absolutely works. I think if he doesn't, then I think you're right. And it's a thrown-away movement uh, moment, sorry. But I think if on Friday, I d- we don't know what they're doing at this point, but if The Miz takes this and does what really only The Miz can and twists this in such a shitty school bully-like way that Hill Miz does and uses the fact that he tried the yes chant against him, I think it could be a brilliant moment. 
I think they, right, I yeah. think they could still completely. But this it is that moment. You're completely right. It's all about the follow up. It depends what they do next. And to continue this little wank fest of a podcast that we have going on, because we fucking <laughs> won, ladies and gentlemen. Whoa! I, I totally, I know. Now you've turned me a little bit on that for sure. Um, I definitely think that if they do happen to use that, if Miss, like, I, I appreciate you using my sort of evidence against me on that one. That that actually that. No, seriously, like, uh, I'm not being pedantic or, you know, kind of cocky about it or anything. Like, I, I honestly really think that that's, you're right. If come Friday, because as we're talking here, it's late Tuesday American time, early Wednesday UK time. Um, you, you're right. If they do do it on on Friday where The Miz is just like, look, you even used the people against The Fiend and you couldn't get the job done or whatever the case may be, that whole work shoot thing. I definitely think that, yes, it will make more sense and it will, in retrospect, be a better movement. But if they just gloss past it and we never hear about it again, yeah. then it is a wasted motion. So I guess we're sort of up in the air and we're going to have to find where that goes. It's all about the follow-up. And that's what so many of these matches on this card are all about. It's all about the follow-up. And uh... But yeah, let's, should, we, should we get into the one that we won? This is where we won. This is uh, it. Can, can we cue some like regal sort of like dent 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 like horns, real quick? Because, oh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, your winners this evening, weighing in at a total combined win of none of your fucking business, <laughs> representing Team SmackDown, Nathan Greenaway and Jimmy. Baxter! <laughs> and Reese. Let's not forget Reese Saunders. Oh, and Reese. Also sorry. helped us make these picks. Sorry, Reese. Sorry. If you were here, I would have remembered. Um, but I've been drinking after work, so you're going to have to just take my apologies as face value. Um, I've never before in my entire wrestling life rooted for Roman Reigns as much as I did this evening. And it was hard because he was up against people that like I've, yeah, I've met, I've met a couple of the, uh, the people in this, this match tonight. Oh, and met. I Keith, know you've met Keith Lee. Uh, Matt Riddle. I met Matt Riddle. Oh, what's Matt Riddle like? Um, He's like exactly what he's like on screen. Pretty much. Like, he's just like, I talked to him. Oh, dude. I talked to him back at, I think it was 2017. He was at a GCW event uh, called Art of War, uh, where he wrestled somebody. I'm not going to waste time trying to remember it, but <laughs> uh, but yeah, I spoke to I spoke to Matt Riddle uh, briefly, and he's really fucking just great guy. It's the beginning of my wrestling career, I guess. I mean, I'm not a wrestler, but like beginning of my in wrestling career. Um, but yeah, he's a, he's a great guy, and um, Despite some of my problems with this match, the big dog fucking pulled it out for us, boy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. 5v5v5. Team SmackDown, the big dog. Roman Reigns, the monster among men, Braun Strowman. Ali, I've got my name back, Mustafa. Uh, <laughs> uh, Shorty G and King Corbin. Uh, Team Raw, Seth Rollins, Randy Orton, Rico Shea, Kevin Owens, and Drew McIntyre. 
Team NXT announced on the pre-show something we forgot to say. Shawn Michaels came up, announced the show. Tommaso Ciampa, Damian Priest, Matt Riddell, Keith Lee, and Walter. All in caps. This this was pretty great. I mean, let's get let's get the first moment of the match out of the way because uh, we we had a little a small back and forth over text whilst watching this, and that is the fact that. Walter does come into the match early doors. Hold on, does before, some we, jobs. before Sorry, we do that, before we do that, uh, in the text that we were that when we were talking, I had said something to you when the team NXT was on the ramp, and um, it's very one of these things is not like the others. <laughs> one of these performers is crap, um, and it was like oh, you have top guy. Seriously, no, seriously. Top guy, Champa. Top guy, Matt Riddle. Top guy, Keith Lee. Top fucking guy, Valter. Then you have Damian fucking Priest. Uh, I like Damian Priest. I think no, he's good. No, fuck Damian Priest, dude. He's he's like he's like if Baron Corbin and oh, fucking no. sh- hold on, no. hold on. No. He's like if Baron Corbin and Chris Angel like did meth together and made like a weird mixed clone of each other no he's better than that his kicks are great i don't fucking i don't he's been oh his kicks are great oh yeah he's positioned good on axt he's beat pete dunn he's yeah but pete dunn's been been crap when he's not in the fucking when he's not in the title picture he's just fucking pete dunn like they haven't really given him anything to do like i don't i if johnny gargano was was fit and healthy. I don't think Damian Priest would be in this match. Okay, but, fair point. Fair but point. I, I do, I like Damian Priest. I think he's got something about him. I like the Archer of Infamy thing, and um, I like the fact that he's different. He's a bit, he's a tall as fuck guy. Ooh, let's check in. Let's check in with the Sam Roberts is a crap broadcaster uh, uh, ticker real quick. Let me just. Oh, he called him Damian Archer. At one point, you're fucking stupid, Sam Roberts. I know I'm never going to be on your podcast, so I'm going to continue talking shit. I hate Sam Roberts. And continue talking shit, say. brother. Uh, but as you were saying, um, uh, Walter comes into this match early. Point, point back at Nathan. Yeah, he comes into the match early. He does some stuff with Drew McIntyre and Braun. He hits some big chops. And he hits a German on Drew McIntyre at one point. He's hitting big, really brutal big boot on Drew McIntyre uh, as well at one point. And then, what, three, four minutes into the match, a Claymore kick from Drew. And this is the big contentious moment because the crowd loved Walter. Before the bell was starting, the Walter chance had started. Like in Chicago, Walter, Walter. And then he was gone. Claymore kick from Drew. And this was the moment where me and you, we we had not mixed opinions. We agreed essentially that this was kind of shit. But I kind of had a more lenient opinion to it than you. But if you go first, Walter going, pretty much getting the same treatment as Samoa Joe last year, which was big guy gone after three, four minutes. Uh, you weren't happy with it, but let the people know how unhappy you were. Um, okay, so 
in the universe known as WWE, less than two months ago, what, what when was Cardiff? Cardiff was, I want to say two months ago. Okay, so like about two months ago, give or take. Um, Walter was in a 43 and a half minute match with Tyler Bate and one Claymore kick knocks him out. Like you could have, and I know, I know we've, I've, we've had our difference of opinion with Damian Priest, but like, if you're going to put somebody out that early, I get that in these five on five on five on five on five on five on five matches, like, cause there's a lot of guys, there's going to be a lot of like, boom, you're eliminated. Boom. You're eliminated. Boom. You're eliminated. You couldn't have done Damian Priest first. Like, Valter is your, like, your, he's one of your champions. That's how little, and I, I feel like I, I kind of like, I, I'm like, like a Brit, I'm, a, I'm a huge British wrestling fan. And like, as an American, I almost feel like I shouldn't have this opinion. But like, they, they care so little about like the British wrestling scene as a whole that like you even have one of your top champions just get fucking jobbed out on pay. This was the first time Walter's been on American pay-per-view to my knowledge, other than, you know, NXT UK, which took place in the NXT and NXT, uh, takeover in New York right before, um, right before WrestleMania. But this was main roster, big four WWE pay-per-view. You have Walter, Walter, get taken out by one Claymore kick. You couldn't have put Damian Priest in there. Like Damian Priest isn't your fall guy there. Like, I don't, I, it's just, it's confounding. It just, it bothers me. It just bothers me. Yeah. Um, I think this is bullshit to start off with before I probably sound a bit more lenient than Jimmy does on this. I think this is the issue with the selection. They want, this match to be effectively even though he didn't win spoiler alert they wanted this match to entirely be about Keith Lee the entire focal point of this match despite Roman Reigns getting the win in the end was Keith Lee and uh, so they wanted so I think my point more is why put Walter in this match I don't get it is there no one else you're, you're kind of right like why not just not have Walter in the match? Like, even if it was, like, Tyler Bate or Trent yeah, Seven like, or fucking that's anybody. Perfect. Trent Seven would have been perfect. He could have done all the chops and stuff. Tyler Bate would have been perfect. We saw him work with Walter, who's much taller than him. He could have had some cool moments with Braun and uh, Drew. Now, one thing I will say is that People get so annoyed that Drew McIntyre isn't a bigger deal than he is on the internet. And I see some people tweet that regularly about how they don't like the way Drew's treated. And then Drew pins Walter and those same people are pissed off. Like you can't have your cake and eat it too. Yeah. Like Drew, it is Drew McIntyre pinning Walter. It's not some... Uh, I don't want to pick someone in the middle. It's not Baron Corbin picking Walter. Pinning right, Walter. it could like, have been it much is worse. Still, it is still Drew. The Claymore kick is a move that has put Roman Reigns down. It has put pretty much everyone in that match down, other than Team NXT. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, he's not faced anyone on Team NXT. I think, I honestly think that, uh, going off your point, I think that if they had done one of those little, like, finisher trains on him, you know what I mean? Where, like, um, you know, McIntyre hits him with the Claymore kick last, but then you have, like, Strowman does the fucking body slam. He gets fucking up. Um, so-and-so gets up and hits him with the finisher. Seth hits him with the fucking curb stomp. Roman hits him with the, you know, he takes like four or five finishers and then a Claymore kick or a Claymore kick on the fifth one. And then he gets the pin. I think that that would have done him a little bit more service, but like, why put Walter in here? You have a lot of other guys, even on the NXT UK brand, like Joe Coffey. Why not? Why not put fucking Joe Coffey in there? He's a big dude, you know. Yeah, yeah. I completely, I completely agree with you. I think that would have taken away from the way Braun got eliminated because Braun got eliminated by the Kingfully body check and then the Claymore kick knocking him down for the ten count. So I think that might have taken away if you did all those finishes on Walter and then He's the Claymore been... on Walter. I think that that's the other point. Exactly what you're about to say is that Walter hasn't been pinned yet on wwe do you call it television wwe streaming or whatever and um however you word it which i think is that what you were about to say well what i was uh, that that is true as well walter's never been pinned uh imperium only got pinned once on raw which is uh, an annoying thing so walter has two losses but what i was going to say was i don't think braun has ever been defeated in a survivor series match um, no, he's always counted out. He was so counted he, out. Um, what was that guy with no chin? Um, Ellsworth. James Ellsworth grabbed him by the leg one year. And then he the didn't get eliminated year. at all in 2018 or 2017. Yeah, was it, that was when, was that a Triple H one? The Triple H thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last year. What was the last year? Uh, I last year he just survived, didn't he? I think. I think. The last yeah, two- last year he survived. He survived everything, and um, he last eliminated Shane, didn't he? I think so. Oh fuck it, there's been too many of them. But um, yeah, that is that is the trait, and you know what? That comes back to the, to the same point: is why put these people in these matches if you don't if you want to protect them? Why put them in here? And the other thing, I did really enjoy this match, and we're kind of breaking it down to the point where I'm realizing some stuff of it didn't make sense. I think you're, the water thing are, is bullshit. You were, you were right, by the way. Last year's Survivor Series match was Drew McIntyre, Dolph Ziggler, Braun Strowman, Bobby Lashley, and Finn Balor uh, versus Miz, Shane, Rey Mysterio, Samoa Joe, and Jeff Hardy. So yeah, he did. He did take out yeah. Shane last yeah. because Shane was the sole survivor. That was last year. Yeah. So, um, but you are. I. I don't understand why Walter was in here. I. I love Walter, and I don't get it. But moving past Walter, uh, Kevin Owens. There was the contention about is he on Team Raw? Is he really for NXT? Didn't matter. Didn't matter at all. No. No. There Never was that one up. moment where he could have frog splashed Champa, but he frog splashed. Uh, Shorty G for the elimination, but then Champer actually eliminated Kevin Owens with draping DDT. Now, this was a moment that I didn't expect A, to happen, and B, to really enjoy, but after he eliminated, Champer eliminated Kevin Owens, slivering behind him appeared the face of one Randall Keefe, 
And um, I never realized I really wanted to see Champa v. Orton. That, yeah, that, that yeah. matchup was really fucking cool. Really, really cool. Yeah, and I really enjoyed it. I loved the fact that at one point Champa went for the draping DDT, which they both do in slightly similar, in slightly different ways, sorry. And Orton obviously had the counter for it because he's the guy who's been doing it for 15, 16 years or however long he's been doing a draping DDT. And, um, yeah, Orton got eliminated in a cool way. He hit some RKOs. He eliminated Priest, and then he eliminated... He got eliminated by Riddle, uh, but then he RKO'd Riddle so that Corbin could then pin Riddle after the fact. And really... What we're getting down to is the riddle. The riddle pin was really cool. That was a really cool moment for Matt Riddle, where uh, his reaction was like on point. Yeah, he marked um, out. Basically. He marked. I mean, he marked out for his own gimmick, brother, brother. So like that, it, it, it is what it is. And I think that everything was good. We didn't start freaking out about whether or not we were going to lose here until Rollins was the sole survivor for the Raw. The raw I, team, excuse me. I started to freak out about whether we were going to win against Scott and Paul. Scott and Paul had Raw and we had SmackDown. It, when Corbin cost Ali, or Mustafa Ali now. Yeah. Uh, his oh, spot, how could I forget this? Yeah. That's where, because Ali was doing some really cool Mustafa Ali stuff. And then Corbin pulled him out of the ring and said, hey, you're supposed to tag me in or whatever the fuck he said. And then Ali kind of on the out got back in the ring. And that's when Rollins hit the stomp on Ali as he did that and eliminated him. And Corbin was just mouthing off. That's what you get. And that's when it was just Roman and Corbin. I was like, we are fucked. <laughs> like, yeah. These yeah. two are never going to. And it was just. And then. And Rollins still at McIntyre at that point, and Keith I was Lee taking and the Champa blame was too. Still together, and I was like, "Oh God, we fucked it, we fucked it." I remember, I remember like specifically texting you the words, "This is on me." I watched SmackDown <laughs> last week, and Roman had that Should speech, and I was like, "SmackDown's totally gonna fucking win," and da 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 da. And I, to- you and I were on the same page that these motherfuckers were gonna beat us because Seth fucking Rollins. But then what we didn't remember. Was that Roman Reigns is the goddamn big dog. Roman Reigns is the big dog. So the Roman Reigns goes for a Claymore on on someone at some point, and then Roman eliminates him with a spear, and uh, Champa gets eliminated by by was it by Rollins? I think Champa was going Roman uh, Rollins and Reigns. Rollins did eliminate Champa, which I thought was very ballsy. I said yeah, that to you as well. They were going to go very ballsy. They were going to go for the shield bomb, Rollins and Reigns on Champa on the outside, and that's where Keith Lee cut them off. Yeah. Uh, at that point, that led to Champa ended up being eliminated by Roman Reigns and Rollins working together. The fucking pop for that, though, when Keith Lee broke that that shit up was insane. Chicago was all about my boy Keith Lee. And this was where the man of the weekend appeared. This was this moment when there were three left. SmackDown, Roman Reigns, Raw, Seth Rollins, NXT stood on the outside. The other two were in the ring and stood on the outside was the limitless Keith Lee. 
and Chicago was all all about the bask in his glory chance or the Keith Lee whoop whoop Keith Lee whoop whoop whoop. and he got in the ring slowly and then he just dominated those two for a good two or three minutes that's throwing them around a disgusting spirit bomb on Roman Reigns. I, I, I know I'm jumping ahead a after little bit. Ja- yeah, after Rollins was gone. So just to get to Seth Rollins, he's beaten the piss out of both of them. Uh, Roman gets chucked to the they outside. They teamed up a little bit. They teamed up a little bit. They did. And then uh, it's just Rollins and Keith Lee in the ring. Rollins hitting all his super kicks. Keith Lee dropping down to the knee. He's doing the burn it down stomp. Goes for the thing. Keith Lee catches on the shoulder into the big fireman's carry into a jackhammer and to the stunned noise of the Chicago crowd pin Seth Rollins. They weren't like, stunned. They were fucking elated. They were like, think- this loudmouth fuck gets eliminated <laughs> by indie darling Keith Lee. The, fuck it, yes. Clean as a whistle. There was no Roman Reigns involvement. No one got involved. He cut him off on the stomp into the fireman carries push up into the jackhammer and Chicago went batshit. And then who knew more so in my opinion, more so than Champa versus Orton or any of the other classic matchups that you could think of who knew that my body, my soul, my everlasting soul needed (laughs) Keith Lee versus Roman Roman Reigns. This was unfucking believable. Roman Reigns killed it against Buddy Murphy, and that match was fucking unbelievable. Yeah. And then you have him up against Keith Lee. Roman against Keith Lee, like, Roman Reigns is probably one of the best wrestlers on the planet. Like, he just has these yeah. fantastic matches. He does, in my opinion, like, honestly, I do, I've thought this for a long time. The best near fall kickout of anybody in the business is Roman Reigns. He kicks out at like 2.999998. Oh, off of that spirit bomb. Fucking unbelievable. Absolutely right. And the drama of this match was elevated by the Superman punch kick out. Because Roman Reigns hits one Superman punch, drops Keith Lee, runs to the corner, hits a second Superman punch. One, two, three. But the referee's hand hit the mat, but Keith Lee's shoulders went up. Mm-hmm. So, oh, my, the cr- the noise that crowd made was like they didn't know whether to cheer text, or boo or go nuts. Roman zoomed straight in on Roman Reigns' face. He was like, was it a three or a fucking two? Like, and me and you were going batshit each other, <laughs> And thank God, and thank God it wasn't though, because after that, after that, everything that happened between them after that, oh, even though it, it didn't take too much longer after that, like contested no, kick out, the spirit bomb, the moon salt, and then the spear—that was all that was left. Yeah, yeah, and Jesus fucking Christ, Keith Lee, Keith fucking Lee, limitless. Oh, that was so good. We've all it was... known it for years, but now the whole world knows it. Fast in this man's glory. Pretty much. So after the Superman punch, uh, Roman Reigns goes for the spear. There's a big, huge build-up to the spear. Chicago is on a knife edge at this point. Uh, Uwa goes for it. Keith Lee catches him. Spirit bomb. 
for, as you said, the 2.994. Keefley doesn't fuck around, though. Goes for the second row for Moonsault. Roman Reigns moves. Spear. One, two, three. And it didn't get the reaction you would have thought it would. You would have thought it would have got outright booze. No, but, that people, no people were people into were this. People were just super into it. They were thrilled for Keith Lee. Even after the match, they had a long build-up where both men were, tr- were perching themselves up. Uh, Roman Reigns on one of the turnbuckles. Keith Lee kind of trying to get to one knee and then getting up. And then he Roman bowed. Reigns gave him a little, yeah. Roman, Keith Lee did a little bow as if he was in Japan. And then Roman Reigns gave him a fist bump. And they they always think... did that. They he, uh, Keith Lee always did that, even on the indies, like for oh, like okay. big matches and stuff. He would bow at people because that's 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 typically speaking in like indie pro wrestling and Japan pro wrestling and stuff. Like that's the thing that you do when you've had a match where like because I've never really been in the ring for a big big match like this. Like I've had one or two matches in the ring. Please don't look me up. Like they're not great. <laughs> um, but yeah, like you—that's what you do. You, when something is that big and that important, you—you you are gonna get out of kayfabe, just that show of respect. And it was, it was fucking fantastic. And Roman Reigns got a big pop, which I find very interesting. That once WWE finally has seemed to give up, almost on the um, like Roman Reigns experiment. Roman Reigns is fucking over because you put him with people who he can have great matches with and he's having these great matches, period. Yeah. I think you are right. I think Roman Reigns is in a very different role now where he is the top guy, but he's just not in the title picture. And I think he's up they, had, they have realized that they made a mistake in the way they booked him and now they're correcting it. And I think they have corrected it. Mm-hmm. And I think they've reached a point where they could realistically at WrestleMania do a Roman Reigns Fiend storyline. And people wouldn't just be anti-Roman Reigns again. Um, and I think they have corrected that very well. Why, as you said, by letting him call off and do other shit. But more back to this match, I think Bully Ray or Bubba Ray Dudley summed it up best on Twitter where he said Roman Reigns won, Keith Lee got over. Yeah. And that's what Roman that's what Roman this year, the story of Roman Reigns this year, other than his survival through cancer and uh his his like and let's not discount his battle with leukemia. Yeah. Ever since ever since that announcement and then him coming back and everything else He's still gone out there and he's still the same Roman Reigns, but we're taking more notice. We're, we're more thankful for Roman Reigns now than we ever were before um, because we were so close to losing him at one point and we didn't realize what we had. Uh, I mean, and I say we as like the internet wrestling community as a whole, because there was matches with Roman Reigns that I really appreciated and loved from after the shield stuff to before the cancer thing um, where, and I know that sounds dismissive, but like Roman Reigns has done so much this year to be a locker room leader. That promo, if you have not seen that promo on SmackDown from 
the Go Home to Survivor series yet, please go watch it. The way that the locker room shuts up, the way that like, – because I'm going to just fucking say it. Some of those people in that segment, the people that were in the locker room portion, the crowd portion, aren't that good of actors. They're just not. But when Roman Reigns spoke and those people shut up at the, the speed that they shut up, like Roman Reigns is deeply respected. And oh, yeah. this is why. And this is why, though, because he can go out there and he can have matches like he had with Daniel Bryan in 2015 and um, uh, AJ Styles in 2016. And he can go out there and have matches with these people. And they put him in there with Buddy Murphy. And 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 now this match with Keith, the, like this part of the match with Keith Lee, Roman Reigns. God fucking bless Roman Reigns. He's just so much better than people give him credit for. And if they didn't push him the way that they pushed him over the last five or six years, this is the reaction that they were looking for all along. Roman Reigns won, but Keith Lee got over. Yeah. Bubba Ray said it best. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly the point. So other than, to be honest, other than the Walter thing, I love this match. I thought it was great. absolutely. Uh, I'm sorry we didn't talk about all the eliminations, but they just weren't worth talking about. We'll be here all fucking day. (laughs) Yeah. Um, after this, no disqualification. I don't have a lot to say about this, but <laughs> no let's, disqualification. Let's give, this, let's give this the amount of time that it was entertaining, which was the 30 seconds involving Ray and his son, Dominic. Should we just have 30 seconds each? Sure. Okay, let's play that game. No disqualification, WWE Championship match, WWE Champion Brock Lesnar versus Ray Mysterio. Uh, my 30 seconds begins now. Uh, there was a cool bit where Dominic came in and Brock Lesnar didn't let him throw in the towel, low blow, double 619. It was great, Brock Lesnar won. You can have my other 20 seconds. You, uh, you, you, uh, what was it, on the Senate where they, they, they get rid of the rest of their time to the next person? Um, yes. <laughs> so uh, I forfeit. Uh, uh, I agree with you totally. I saw a great meme. <laughs> I, I like honestly I agree with you I <laughs> I agree with you 100% that it was really really cool um I saw a great meme from Dragon Ball Z where they are doing the double 619 to Brock Lesnar and then the panel under it is Goku and Gohan doing the Kamehameha <laughs> to sell and if you don't know what I'm talking about stop listening to the podcast cuz you're not our audience um uh but we res- we love and respect you for listening goes but it was great. That yeah. whole 30 seconds was great. Then Brock Lesnar won. Yeah. The main event for the evening was a <laughs> match between Shayna Baszler, the NXT Women's Champion, Becky Lynch, the man, uh, the Raw Women's Champion, the longest reigning Raw Women's Champion, and the okay. only, the only Women's Grand Slam Champion, fucking Amanda from Accounting. Ailey, the SmackDown Women's Champion, who came out in a headdress for some fucking reason. I don't fucking know. Oh, God, I forgot about that. What did I say say about her? Oh, fuck. I'd have to look back. I don't Because... Oh, I remember it. She, she she came out in like a weird necklace headdress and like a knitted cardigan. And I think I said to you, she looks like she has a really great side quest. Yeah, she looks like she has a great time. But the, the thing is, the thing is, is that like they started off really well with this Bailey heel turn where she cut the inf- the wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube in, 
into pieces with the axe or whatever the fuck that shit was and and everything. And then since then, they've just sort of been like, she's Amanda from accounting. I need to speak to your yeah, manager. Blah, 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 blah. Very, she's very angry. And... and- and that's fine or whatever. They're trying yeah. to build this. This is this is a whole new territory for the woman who plays Bailey um, and everything. So I'm willing to let it, like, breathe a little bit. What I'm not willing to let breathe is Becky Lynch. Um, oh. Becky Lynch. I, I thought you were going to say the crowd. This is interesting. Oh, no, no, yeah. We'll get to the crowd. But um, what I'm not willing to let breathe is Becky Lynch. She was abominable during this match. Even the stuff with Shayna Baszler was okay, but if they had just made this one-on-one, it would have been far better, or if they had given the the SmackDown title to somebody more interesting than fucking Amanda from accounting or whatever, like, it would have been maybe better. Who knows? I don't live in that timeline. If you want to live in that timeline, run fast enough that you can go through dimensions and go to, to a different Earth. We are living on this earth right now, and this was the match that we got. The crowd was bullshit for this because this match was bullshit. Because the only time that this crowd came alive was when Shayna Baszler was on the offensive. And that's because Becky Lynch has been nothing more than a disappointment since WrestleMania. She has been on a constant downward slope since WrestleMania. And I said to you that it was like, uh, like sort of jokingly. But because we're on a podcast and because I want to make things interesting, I think that's because the whole world knows that she's engaged to Seth Rollins and that her proximity to that whiny, cunty, fucking stupid (laughs) motherfucker has really dulled the man character. She she lasted through Ric Flair potentially suing the company and blah, blah, blah for using the man. She was the man. But she had to face, I'm sorry, Nathan, but she had to face Lacey Evans for three months after beating Ronda Rousey. And that did fuck all. That did fuck all for her. And then she's done really nothing but be like, I don't give a bollocks about the fucking, the brand supremacy. And everybody's like, yeah, neither do we. What the fuck are we doing? (laughs) So Becky Lynch was pretty bollocks during this whole fucking thing except for the end i think it was bullshit that this mat that this show ended on becky celebrating when they could have just done a stare off between Shayna and becky and they could have built to something later on down the line whether that be this year next year or the year after or whatever um but overall i think that becky lynch was a disappointment here bailey was she wasn't a an improvement she wasn't a disappointment Overall, she left me whelmed, not over or underwhelmed. I was just whelmed with Bailey because she was there to take the pinfall, a la Damian Priest from the night before. Um, Shayna Baszler winning was absolutely the right decision because Shayna Baszler is the best women's wrestler in the company. Fight me. I'm not going to make the same joke that I've been making for months. At me. I'm at Mr. Riot on Twitter. <laughs> people. Fight me, people. Shayna Baszler is the best fucking professional wrestler on the women's side in WWE. The whole company. Fight me. Um, yeah, I, I, I am just going to end up repeating myself, and we don't have that kind of time. So Becky Lynch was a disappointment. Bailey was a disappointment. 
Shayna Baszler was the shit because she is the shit. She's the queen of spades. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and I'm fucking, I'm all about it. Yeah. Shayna Baszler is fucking metal. Yeah. Uh, I think this match suffered too much from the old trope of a triple threat being two in, one out. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that was that was far too much of one of them getting chucked out so the other two could fight. Uh, which I think is just lazy. I think it's just it just seemed comes off as lazy. I don't I I don't necessarily agree on the Becky stuff. I think Becky has been a victim of her opponents more than anything else. I think the man character of who Becky is. I think you can just watch the NXT episode where she opened it. Uh, not last week. It's NXT NXT before where she opened this show and everyone was just fucking went nuts for her. She's still over. But yeah, when you but have no, someone... No, no, no. I have to disagree there because that was because she was coming home to Full Sail. Full Sail was the building that sang her theme music after she lost to Sasha Banks on, what was it, NXT TakeOver Unstoppable, I think, if we want to go back that far. They sang her entrance music to her because that was the night Becky Lynch arrived and she was coming home. But I think she she still is... I think Becky is still one of the most overacts in wrestling. And I think she's been a victim of her opponents. Like, um, to take away the gimmick, brother, brother, I do agree with you that the Lacey matchup was wrong because it's not the right opponent. Like, when you've got someone that over and that on fire, you also need an opponent that over and that on fire. And Lacey wasn't that opponent. Like, you could have built her up to be. Absolutely, you could have been, because she has the character to do that. But not just out of fucking nowhere. You can't do that for two months or however long they fucking did that that uh, storyline for, for some reason. And um, I just don't think she's had the opponents I think not having Ronda back for a big SummerSlam match and the fact that they'd milked Charlotte dry for Charlotte v. Becky, they had to take Charlotte out Charlotte out of the picture, which is why she's in the 5v5v5 5v5 and not in the main event. Um, I think Shayna could be that opponent, though. And I think there were glimpses in there of Shayna v. Becky that you can pull that off. Um, the oh, money, the money is in Shayna versus Becky. That sit down, yeah. that sit down interview that they had on Raw. I don't know if you've seen it, but like they have a stare off, and the way that they speak to each yeah. other, their cadence with one another is, is really there. solid. It's, it's completely there. I think Sasha Banks as well. Um, they're on the, but they're on the wrong shows, and now we're going away from the brand v brand v brand. So you're gonna have to bring Shayna over to one, but. Can you do that when you've presented NXT as an equal footing or a better footing as they did at Survivor Series, given the score um, on the night? Are they still doing the call? Do call-ups still exist? Those are questions they need to answer. Uh, I I do think the fact that they shoved, they shoved the fucking Rollins-Becky relationship down our throats did hurt the man character. But I think she can recover from that if you just give her the right opponent. She just needs the right opponent. She either needs Ronda to come back or she needs Shayna. And those are the only two options. And yeah. That, that's it. That's that's what she needs. She needs 
what did Steve Austin need? He needed Mr. McMahon. Was, Mr. McMahon wasn't a... Vince McMahon's not... He's, he wasn't even a wrestler, but he needed the right opponent um, to, to pull it off, and he got that right opponent, and that's what Becky needs. Becky needs her Mr. McMahon at this point. If, you're gonna put, if she's going to get to the next level, that's what she needs. Like, Hulk Hogan needed Macho Man. Steve Austin needed Mr. McMahon. Like, they... They need each other, and she hasn't found that opponent that she needs to push her to the moon. I think this could be the... I, I don't mean to cut you off if you weren't finished, but I, I think that, like, this could be the way to build to the um, four horsewomen versus four horsewomen thing. Yeah. And if, if, if Ronda is going to come back, if Ronda is going to reintroduce herself she's on a three-year contract she's got a year and a half left or something like that with wwe and she hasn't been around for like what since april yeah she hasn't been around since wrestlemania she left after wrestlemania um to go on her impregnation vacation fuck off (laughs) fucking i know she can kill me her husband can kill me whatever (laughs) fucking whatever just do it privately um like I think that even if you do do a Shayna versus Becky storyline that culminates maybe at SummerSlam, WrestleMania, or something like that, they've already set up the thing where Shayna has said on Raw, I'm not Ronda Rousey. Yeah. You might have beaten Ronda Rousey, whatever, but you barely beat Ronda Rousey, and I'm better than Ronda Rousey. I'm paraphrasing here, obviously, but... Yeah, Shayna Baszler, Shayna Baszler is fucking fantastic, and if they have a takeover level match between just the two of them, and then Ronda walks out at the end, and they both turn heel, I mean Shayna's already a heel, that's, but like, that's that's the money. That's that's the money, and that's the, the money. money is if Ronda is coming, it's obviously up to Ronda what she does with her life. But if if Ronda is coming back, that's the money. For Becky, if she's not coming back, Shane is the money. Those are the two options. I think when we say four horsewomen versus four horsewomen, Jessamine Duke and Shafir, they they aren't at that level. No, they no, need. A, there's a reason. There's a reason a they weren't time. on. They were there's yeah. a reason they weren't on Team NXT. There's a reason they weren't in war games. It's because yes. they are not, not ready. ready. They are and not then ready. That's not us saying they won't be. Like they, they may be in time. No, they're they not may, ready it yet. may it may click, but they're not there yet. Um but as we say as we've been saying basically what we've been saying the whole time is Becky hasn't had the right opponent yet. And yeah. she, she hasn't. Like she's got the character. She's at all times ready to explode to the next stratosphere. We but can see she that needs she's better that than opponent. Yeah, she needs that opponent. And it's exactly what JR on um, Grinning JR last week when he was talking about Diesel's uh, mid 90s WWF title run that everyone says doesn't draw. And he said the whole time he didn't have the opponents. And you need the opponents. Becky hasn't had it, hasn't had them, and I think Shayna, Shayna and Ronda, that's where the money is. A lot of money lies there. A, a fuck ton of money lies in those two and Becky. 
Um, Bailey, her theme's really cool, and she looked ridiculous in that entrance gear. Ultimately, this match. It was everyone, very good. Everyone says everyone says Vince. I I don't know if this this, this is probably horseshit. But everyone keeps saying, "Oh, Vince McMahon was super disappointed." I, it wasn't that bad. I think the crowd would just shit at this point. The crowd, the crowd I'm gonna was call worn out. Chicago. I'm going to call out Chicago. In Chicago, if you were worn out, Survivor Series was three and a half hours, guys. There ain't no reason. That's probably the length of this podcast. No, <laughs> actually, we've come in. We've come in in about regular time for this one. About regular time. Okay, so about two. Uh, bear in 248, mind, 248. Yeah. <laughs> we can only upload three hours at a time, so we're about 259 at this point. But um, uh, it 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 was it was fine. It was fine, and that's a problem yeah. for a main event. Pretty much uh, after the ma- after Shayna Baszler won when Bailey went for the big elbow drop, didn't get it. Shayna turned it into the the cl- what does she call it? It's not Kikina. The- Carafuda clutch. Carafuda clutch. And um, Bailey tapped out after a wee bit. After the match, Shayna. So uh, it was like the ending was a little abrupt, and like it seemed like the audience wasn't sort of ready for it, even though they were hype for Shafir. Uh, not more Shafir. Wow. Uh, Baszler. Yeah. Ba- no, they were. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. The, they were they were hype for Baszler to win. Just not in how quick she actually won at the time that she did win. Like the the, yeah. the finish was a bit like oddly timed. I just don't the mat the crowd just weren't into this this match. We had boring chance. We had CM Punk chance at one point, and I don't know if when the finish ever came, this crowd would have been into it. The most. What do you think? What do you think would have been a better main event for this Rock show? Lesnar. Brock Lesnar? Yeah, 100%. I think these are the shows where... Um, I honestly think that the, Brock the men's... Lesnar exists for these... If you're... The men's 5v5v5, I think, is an excellent shout. I presume that's what you're about to say. Yes, absolutely. But, um, I think if you're not going to put that on last, that's why you have Brock Lesnar. Because it's, it's the same thing that I always think about these like gimmick pay-per-views, and to an extent... The Survivor Series is a gimmick pay-per-view because it has a specific match that only takes place at yeah. Survivor Series. I think that Survivor Series should end with a Survivor Series match. Royal Rumble should finish with a Royal Rumble match. WrestleMania should finish with a WrestleMania match, yeah. which I is which I is the big why they might have not put it on last because they didn't know how the five v five v fives were going to go down. Because I. I honestly had. I'm, I'm going to ask you this question because I actually think they did the five v five v fives. Other than Walter, I actually think they pulled off the amount of eliminations required pretty damn well. Other than Walter, I was very worried. I was to to yeah. answer the question. I think that you're asking is that like I think that they pulled that off really well. I was very worried. Now, the the question I was going to ask this. was. If they did the 5v5v5s, but it was one fall to a finish. Oh, it would have been bullshit. It would have been such bullshit. Do you think? Oh, okay. That, that no, wouldn't no, have... Never mind then. <laughs> yeah, no, that... Like, okay, I hate, to, I hate to constantly keep pulling this card, but I'm so 
I'm so like into like the wrestling world at the moment that like, like I think that a 15 man triple threat tag team match needs to be elimination because if, because if you have a roll up, boom, the, the fucking match is over at least one, at least one or two of those guys or girls isn't getting in that match. For whatever okay. reason, somebody's not getting in that match. You need people, as much as we want to make fun and joke around, like you need the Carmellas and the Dana Boobs, uh, Dana Brooks, sorry. <laughs> um, you need the Shorty G's and the King Corbins and stuff. You need those spots to keep those big multi, multi, multi-man matches going. Uh, and I think that if they were one fall to a finish, I think it would have been bullshit. You would get like horrific chance from the crowd you would have people turning yeah. their backs or walking out yada 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 but ladies and that was survivor series we're just gonna just, cut the, just to, yeah just before we cut off just the post match which we've not mentioned yet Shayna does a lot of posing on the announce tables becky attacks uh like a sore loser and um puts Shayna for a table with a leg drop off the barricade that's another thing um, i didn't like about yeah this i show. don't get i don't i don't get it um uh, why just a sore loser why this show couldn't have ended with the two of those women the two biggest stars on the women's portion the women's division of this uh company why weren't they face to face holding the titles up why Morgan. wouldn't you want that shot why wouldn't you want that shot that's so stupid yeah, i completely i completely so agree stupid. I was going to say, why wouldn't you want Becky and Shayna in the ring and that's where you use Shafir and Duke? Not to attack. Not even. Not to attack, but to pull Shayna away. No, not even. And just to say, hey, hey, not not worth it. You're beat up. You did war because... games last night. Let, let's go. You've got the other two on TV so the commentators can say who they are to the wider audience and say, hey, that's Jessamine Duke and Maria Shafir. Um, the other, t- the another two of the horsewomen with Ronda. You can explain who they are. The wider audience outside of NXT know who they are. Paul Shane always. You were at War Games last night. You've just been through this triple threat. It's not worth it. You can still have then have Becky in the ring at the end, but you've not battered Shayna Baszler. I disagree. I think that you don't. Oh, okay. need, I, I don't think you need Marina Shafir and Jessamyn Duke in there. Um, basically because you want the, the money match is those two. You don't need any other named performers in there muddying the waters at all. You don't need them to come in and break them up. If you're going to have somebody break them up and separate them, it's got to be all agents and referees just, but I think as you're fading to black with the little logo in the corner, you have Shayna selling and being all pissed off that she got attacked, have the attack go down, but stick with it to where Becky goes in the ring and she's holding the title up. I'm the fucking man. And da, 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 and whatever. And then Shayna rolls in the ring. She's got her fucking title and they're jaw jacking each other. They are belt to belt, face to face, fucking tit to tit, fucking like, jaw-jacking each other. You have the referee separating them as you go to fucking to black. For the next six months, you have people going, hashtag man versus Baszler. You know, you have that whole fucking thing going (laughs) and whatever. I think that would have been a better thing. But instead of just having 
Becky, the woman who was on Monday Night Raw, to repeat myself from earlier, going, I don't give a bollocks about brand representation or whatever, <laughs> standing up holding her Raw women's title instead of just being like, I'm the best. This is me. No, I'm holding my title up and I'm telling you that I'm this champion or whatever. No bueno. Should have been a better ending. Yeah, the it wasn't match, great. The match was okay, and that's the problem, is that it was just okay. I get the reason why they would have ended it, because they bookended, they bookended the weekend on the women, and I think that's what will come out as the story, that the women started and ended this weekend. Um, yeah. And they even, if you want to even go back to SmackDown the night before, SmackDown, the first 22 minutes of SmackDown, I even, I watched it with a timer so I could like make sure. So I have, <laughs> no, seriously, I did just because like, I, I like to have that sort of thing in my yeah. head for these types of situations. Um, but for the first like 22, 23 minutes, it was all women's stuff on SmackDown on Friday. Then Saturday started with the women's war game match. And then Sunday ended with a women's triple threat main event at yeah. Survivor Series. And I think that's the real story of this show, of yeah. this weekend, is that the women really ruled the beginning, the middle, and the end of the show, ex uh, of the weekend, except this, sh this show didn't exactly nail the ending that I think they were looking for, and that's overall a problem. Yeah, I don't know if it's a problem. I think if the match delivered, it would have been fine. I just think when you've got um, when you've got a women's five v five v five, you've got a men's five v five v five, you've got the Fiend v Daniel Bryan, and you don't want to win. This was the first time they've had. Is it the first time they've had the Fiend on it, and he's not ended the show? Yes. Yeah. That, so you're I, asking. I that you're asking. Too. For the first time, you're asking people to follow the Fiend. And then you've got the men's 5v5, and it it's not anything against the women. I just think that's why you have Brock Lesnar. Exactly. I couldn't agree more. Um, I, I, and I, I do, and I just think in hindsight, it, no, not in hindsight, outside of hindsight, totally get it. And I love it, and I think it's a great thing. In hindsight, that's why you have Brock Lesnar. Yeah, and then if you go on to Monday Night Raw from the, the following night, uh, we do get the Seth Rollins tweener turn, uh, the possible uh, alliance with AOP. There's a lot of stuff that went on on Monday Night Raw that was actually very, very interesting. It was probably the yeah. best episode of Monday Night Raw in a long time. Kevin but Harris that, called Seth Rollins a prick. He did, which he is. <laughs> uh, I called him plenty of things during, yeah, it, during we, the show. Said, we've said some very horrible things. And we've, said, and we've said enough. So... Uh, that was Summer, uh, SummerSlam, Survivor Series. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on some other fucking bollocks tonight, aren't I? I shouldn't have had a screwdriver at the beginning of this show. Um, that was Survivor Series 2019 and WWE NXT TakeOver War Games 3 from 2019. The weekend of really, really great professional wrestling. This is probably the best weekend of wrestling that WWE has put on all year. If you haven't watched certain parts of it or you haven't watched any of it and you're just listening to us, first of all, thank you. Oh, my God, thank you so much. Um, but overall, go back and watch some of it. It definitely was worth watching. Thank you for listening to this show. Uh, Nathan, what are your plugs as we roll into the podcast sunset from here on out? 
my plugs are my plugs. Uh, you can my find plugs. me on Twitter in my plugs. At Nathan Instead Zimmery of on Twitter. my name, it's my plugs. <laughs> I have to get it in there somewhere. I know. And, uh, <laughs> That's why you normally do the intros. Yeah, at Navy Green on Twitter. As always, you can find Rogue Opinions at Rogue underscore Opinions on the Twitter and the Instagram. Go check out the losers um, of the weekend at SP Rambling, Scott and Paul. We uh yeah we did uh we we did we did, we did, we less, we did uh we did less uh bragging than we wanted to, but like they went here. They lost. Yeah, it was harder to like, rag on them when they weren't here to defend themselves. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, the four of us can get on for something sometime soon. If you want that, please make sure to tweet us at rogue underscore opinion at sp rambling. Let us let us let all four of us know. Let the whole brand of us know that you want the four of us on some sort of compilation or some sort of crossover, and we'll make sure to try and let that happen. Um, I'm at Mr. Riot on Twitter. M-R-R-I-0-T because Counter-Strike was a thing when I was a kid. Um, and also, please, 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 please go check out YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Magic or Facebook.com slash Pro Wrestling Magic. Um, we're doing a, a brand new weekly YouTube show called Monday Morning Magic where you don't only get to see my face, but you do get to continue hearing my voice as I host. I am one of the hosts, one of the correspondents for Pro Wrestling Magic as we go through to our biggest show of the year, Kingdom Come number four, Bohemian Rhapsody. We have a great card set up for that. I'm not going to get into it now. Just go watch Monday Morning Magic on YouTube and Facebook. Thank you guys so much for joining us here tonight. Uh, also, follow Scott McLeod. Was it 1996 or whatever it is? I don't fucking know. Go follow, <laughs> go follow Rogue Opinions. You'll find Scott there, too. Yeah, you'll find Scott there. So. You'll find Scott there. Also, if you have any complaints, Ben underscore um, uh, go, go follow everything. Uh, thank you guys so fucking much for listening. Cheers, guys. On. Cheers. Have a great night. For he is limitless.